February 2024, which means that ChatGPT has been available to the public for a little over a year now, and unless you've been living in a cave or too busy shrinking from the looming threat of various man-made and natural global disasters, then you've probably either used it, talked about it, or at least formed an opinion about it. But no matter what your relationship with ChatGPT is, was, or will be, one thing is for certain, and that is that everybody, including us, has given their own two cents about how AI will affect the arts, the industries, and the people using it, whether begrudgingly or with a warm embrace. Some have likened it to the artistic apocalypse, whereas others have described it as merely a false portent, one similar to any innovation that threatens to rock the boat, such as Photoshop in the 90s or even DSLRs for that matter. More practically, we've discussed how it'll affect people's livelihoods, especially those whose jobs have been made redundant thanks to AI tools like ChatGPT and Bard. Last year, SEO Unfiltered was pretty obsessed with AI and figuring out how it will shape SEO, particularly content. You may not realize this, but it wasn't even a year after ChatGPT went public that Google updated its content guidelines to accommodate non-human written web pages. It didn't necessarily give people carte blanche to publish just anything that AI spit out, but it did mark the end of penalizing content just for the sake of being AI written. And so just like Photoshop and digital cameras, we've incorporated this tool into our content writing craft for better or for worse though. I think it's still too early to tell, but now that we've got a bit of hindsight on our side, we can at least look back on the year and reflect on how it has changed content writing and maybe even the SEO industry in general. Here to help me unpack the last 12 or 13 months is John Evans from Electric Copy, a copywriting service catered to tech and SaaS companies. If you're looking for rockstar conversion copywriting, head over to electriccopy.tech to learn more. So John, thanks for joining me. Today, we're waxing nostalgic and looking at the last year through the lens of AI. So first and foremost, can you tell me, do you use AI to help you write content? Why or why not? A little bit. I, I A lot of the work I do is quite sophisticated. Um, it's often okay. quite complex products and it's writing for a quite quite sophisticated audience. And mm-hmm. that, that makes it quite hard to get the copy or the content right, meaning you have to work quite hard to keep things simple and easy to read and break down complex concepts and not have the content turn into, you know, an ocean of text. That requires, you know, a, quite a lot of work and quite a lot of, you know, very careful attention to how you word things. And because of that, like, I really need to sort of dig into the copy and the content and be very, very careful about how I, I word it, which I, I, although I think you can shortcut some things with chat GPT, I don't think it's great at doing what I'm trying to do. So okay. I do, I do use it a little bit, but it's, it's not, a, it's not a massive game changer for me. Ah, okay. Can you give me an example of something that's um, basically too sophisticated for chat GPT? Yeah, sure. I mean, for example, if you were writing about um, a very complicated product, let's say you're writing about like a data analytics app. Like yeah. Let's say you're mm-hmm. something like like Heap or Amplitude. That's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very sophisticated product for a sophisticated audience. These are kind of tech people, engineers, developers. Right. They already understand kind of development topics very well. So you need to understand that audience very well in order to kind of solve problems for them with content. So you're not going to be able to just put in a question into chat GPT and go, hey, write about this, you know, and have it write to the level of sophistication that an audience like that needs. 
you will be able to kind of you can write okay chat gpt write me a paragraph on this and then break it down like point by point these are the points that i want you to make and it will be able to to create a, a pretty good paragraph for you that at least be clear and at least be you know won't have any mistakes in it but for me when it comes to writing that kind of content you know you have to work even harder to make sure that it's really clear that it's not wordy um and that it hasn't got too much jargon in it mm-hmm. as the problem is i think gpt is kind of based on you know it's kind of based on an average of a lot of the content that's out there and a lot of the content out there is kind of overly wordy and has a bit too much business kind of jargon in it and i find that the sort of default copy that you get from chat gpt is a bit like that and to give you an example actually i had uh, actually i had a junior writer that i hired the other day send me um a blog that i'd commissioned for her and when yeah. i got it i immediately thought ah oh, this looks like chat gpt is written uh, <laughs> and i asked her and she immediately copped to it but you know the okay. So, um, and that's fine. I, she, she went away and, and, and fixed it. But, you know, the things that kind of gave it away for me was that it's just that little bit too wordy. Like, Interesting. It, it's, it's still, you know, clean writing, but it's just that little bit too wordy. And the way it words things is often a, a little bit too kind of generic. So I think if you're trying to get your content to, you know, that little bit better than everybody else's and you don't want it to be generic and you want it to be that little bit easier to read and that little bit clearer, that's really where you need the kind of human element and and the sort of the extra 20% that GPT can't quite do. Okay. Yeah. I like how you worded that, the human element. Okay. So it's been out for over a year, a little bit over a year. Did you have any predictions when it first came out and have they come true at all? Well, I mean, this has been going on for a few years and, and it, it's been kind of bubbling into the, the public consciousness yeah. over the last sort of five years. And I remember looking at like five years ago, not really worried, four years ago, not really worried. And then last year, obviously, you know, the latest chat uh, GPT version, whatever it was, came, came out that was really, really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then I did look at it myself and go, okay, this is actually really impressive. Mm-hmm. But I still didn't think, like, this is good enough to to replace a human writer. Maybe maybe in some uh, applications it could be. So okay. my – but I, I still didn't think, like, this can do what I can do. So I did think – even though this is very impressive and it could evolve into something that's more more impressive and I'm sure it will <clears throat> I didn't I thought there was quite an element of kind of everyone's jumping on the hype train as well so I mean it's hard to know which which way things are going to go but I mean I kind of thought on one hand I think the kind of hype train will die down a bit eventually but on the yeah. other hand I thought like god who knows what this is going to look like in 6 months they're obviously developing it all the time investing in it all the time so you know it was really hard to know which way it was going to go but my thought was maybe maybe the hype will die down a bit at least in terms of applying it to content writing mm-hmm. I mean at the moment the the hype everyone's still on the hype train so I think a lot of writers are quite concerned about it it's even like Hollywood script writers like just based on that has anything happened on your end have you seen anything change in terms of work orders or is, have things just sort of stay the same? 
I haven't personally, and I. But again, yeah. I think that's because of the the kind of clients I work with. Um, oh, okay. The, the the kind of clients I want with kind of reasonably want they're quite they invest quite heavily in, in in very specific content really the kind of the kind of thing I was talking about like yeah. very technical concepts but broken down in a very human engaging way that really does need a, a skilled human writer and then I also do you know copy and messaging projects that are you know just figuring out what to say on someone's homepage, figuring out what to do to say on their service pages and you know a lot of that isn't really that much about the writing aspect the writing aspect is important but it's also a lot about you know a the kind of doing research to, to drive those decisions be kind of coming up with a strategy for what to say where and then and then mm-hmm. sort of bringing all the people who are involved in that together and, and actually getting everyone to agree. And that, that obviously requires human interaction, which is a, a big right. part of the job. So in a sense, some of what I do writing is only a, you know, a, a, the end product, but it's not the whole process. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't affected me that much yet. But I will say I've definitely seen, you know, I'm in a lot of copywriter groups and forums and Facebook groups and things like that. And I have seen quite a few people saying, you know, I'm not getting work because all my clients are using ChatGPT. Yeah, and it's sad. And it's sad. And the sad thing is, it's it's the lower end of the scale. You know, it's often these quite poor copywriters mm-hmm. who are in developing countries, and they're the ones who are hit the hardest by it. Um, so, mm. you know, to to give you a <laughs> a shorter answer, yeah, it hasn't affected me that much personally, but it definitely is affecting the the marketing industry and the kind of freelance, uh, the, the the freelance world. Okay, um, are you mainly working with B two B companies or B two C or? Yeah, mainly B two B. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Um, I mean, one thing that's changed for me quite a lot as a content writer is that I'm actually being asked to more tweak and fine tune or edit or humanize, uh, AI written copy rather than start things from scratch. But this hasn't happened to you yet. Right. Cause there's so much collaboration involved. That hasn't happened to me yet. No. Um, okay. I think I did get an email about it. Like, Hey, do you want to do this? But um, I said no, and it's you know it's you know it's obviously something that um, you know you can do if you've got the editor skills. But I, I also don't kind of market myself as an editor, so I, it's not something that people really approach me about. Um, but yeah, I, I am seeing more and more of that out there in terms of listing, like job job listings and things. Okay, okay, that kind of um, eliminates my next question, which was <laughs> like more how. If you've heard whispers from the client side, how they, if they are perceiving content in a different way, as in maybe it's been, its value has been diminished because now robots can, can, um, write the copy. Have you noticed that they see content in a different way? I think some of them do. And I, I think it, again, I think it really depends on, you know, the application and what you're mm. using it for. Um, because there are some applications where like it absolutely makes sense to use chat GPT instead of a human writer. Like, it, you know, if I'm emailing all my customers to say like, you know, we're closed on this particular day or we've got different hours on this particular day, something quite logistical like that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you still need a real, a well-written email that's professional and reflects your brand, but it's not, 
super sophisticated. It's not selling. Maybe then it makes perfect sense to use GPT. Why would you pay a writer to do that? But I think the more sophisticated the message and perhaps the more the more responsible it is for revenue generation. Okay. Maybe that's that's where you need that like extra twenty percent uh, of kind of human expertise. I don't know if it's twenty percent, but that that extra expertise. Having said that, I mean content is you know content isn't always directly responsible for re- revenue generation. It, it's often responsible for just getting the attention of yeah. prospects and kind of getting them into the funnel. But again, I think that also depends on it's like certain questions, like how competitive is your market? Because if your market's really competitive you've got to make sure that your content is kind of better than everybody else's. Yeah. And again, that's, prob- that's probably where you do want to make sure you've got the human touch and someone actually looking at things and going, well, like how can we make our content better than our competitors? And again, I don't think you could do that with GPT alone, but I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to know, I know you're interviewing me, but I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to know how you find, um, the editing jobs, like what are the things that you end up changing when you're kind of given AI content to edit? It's interesting because apparently um, my previous writing that I've done on our website has been fed into ChatGPT in order for it to develop the tone and style that sounds like me. But in my mind, everything that I've been, that I've had to edit sounds like someone who's some Girl Scout who's high on crack or something like that. She just sounds so... <laughs> I also describe it, but um, a lot of it is toning it down. I think I'm adverse to exclamation marks, and it's just this hyper sound, this hyper um, tone of voice that I find really grating. And so a lot of it is just sort of, I think ChatGPT tends to take it to the extremes when you prompt it with something. It's like, okay, let's do it, exactly what you said, but it doesn't quite get nuance. And um, I think it's really um, relies on being flashy. So it just like pushes out so many emojis with um, the actual content itself. And I just think that it's it's obviously quite formulaic. And the more you read, the more you recognize these patterns. I mean, even you said that you re- you could recognize something that was written by ChatGPT right away from your, your copywriter. So I think it's not it, I think I've heard that a lot of it has to do with the prompts, like how uh, sophisticated are your prompts. But even so, I've had to look at stuff that's been heavily prompted. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is like a little bit painful to look at. But I I can only <laughs> assume that it's just going to get more and more intelligent, more sophisticated, more. I mean, it's, it's scary, but my my boss, Ben, is trying to make ChatGPT sound like me. So that is a little bit scary. But um, mm. yeah, I, I agree with you that in terms of the human touch, the human element, obviously it's not, it's nowhere close to, to that. So in that sense, I'm not quite worried because it still needs us to go through it. Sorry, I'm rambling now, but yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good <laughs> ramble and I, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, I think the other thing that, you need to keep in mind i think for creating content like okay you know writing is the the way we deliver content but content really is it's thinking and it's somebody understand understanding a topic and having helping someone else understand a topic and and it's a transfer of information and ideas and really in order to do that well you have to understand the topic the best content is written by people who actually understand what they're writing Mm. about 
And I, you know, I think at this point, AI can't do that. I mean, if it does get to the point <laughs> where <laughs> where it re- genuinely can understand whatever topic as well as a human being has, I mean, I think we'll have bigger right. problems yeah. <laughs> than uh, than our jobs. But I mean, that I think that's you know the, the 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 thing that it can't do, and that is really the key to creating great content. Don't know if you remember or have seen it, but Google's helpful content guidelines were updated a few months ago. And one of the most noticeable changes was that it removed any wording implying human written. Um, so the new standards as is that as long as the content is helpful by Google's definition, it doesn't matter if it was written by us or robots. <laughs> Do you think this has made its use more acceptable to those who've resisted it in the past? Yeah, I would have thought mm. so because I mean everyone wants a shortcut, right? And everyone wants to save money and do things faster. Yeah. So if you know, if I'm a content manager, at a small business, maybe I'm a solo business person. I don't have the budget for lots of writers. Of course, I'm going to try and get a shortcut yeah. with AI, and maybe that works for some people. I mean, again, I think it depends on what kind of topic you're you're creating content around. But I mean, I think there's, you know, there's a yin and a yang yeah. to that, right? Like maybe on one hand, I mean, the helpful content update really is just about, you know, Google is getting more sophisticated yeah. to the point where really you you have to focus on writing content that's easy to read and that actually solves people's problems and it's based on genuine expertise, right. rather than these kind of SEO hacks, like including lots of keywords yeah. and, you know, that's. That's the way it's been trending for a few years now, mm. and I've noticed, I've noticed a trend in the companies that I work with, that they're less and less interested in these kind of technical aspects of of the SEO, like how often you have keywords on pages. Oh, like okay, that. interesting. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely been a major trend. Like some of the companies I work with who are like pretty big in their spaces, who invest a lot in their content. They barely give you any technical requirements in the brief if you're writing content for them. Oh, um, so it's that's been a trend that's, that's going on because Google's so sophisticated now. You know, it, it can recognize synonyms very easy. It can understand what you're talking about. Oh, I see. If yeah. know, even if you don't fill it with certain keywords, it's got a lot more sophisticated at, at kind of assessing what content is about. Mm. So, you know, in one sense, ob- obviously. Yeah, the point is that it doesn't matter if an AI wrote it or a human wrote it, as long as the content that you're creating is is helpful. But then I think that you know the other side to that is that means you know if everyone's putting out lots of content that's deemed helpful by Google, there's all the more kind of reason to be more strategic and to make your content more useful, which really more research, more actual expertise, less just regurgitating other people's content um, because that's what a lot, of, a lot of content is. And yeah. the companies that do invest heavy, heavily in it, you know, they, they try and avoid just remixing whatever, whatever content is out there. So I gave you a, a very long answer to that one. But again, I think <laughs> it's the yin and yang of like on one hand, like maybe you can use AI to write your content and Google doesn't mind. But if you really want to kind of get an advantage over the other people that are doing that, you still have to put a lot of effort into making sure your content is actually helpful and, and solves problems. 
I mean, if you look at it, it's just obviously it's getting more sophisticated and its use is becoming more and more popular. Do you think it'll plateau? Like, do you think it will actually reach a stage where it's like, okay, it can do no more? I'm saying that, but at the same time, I've got these like uh, end of the world movies in my head. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there are some, I've heard some quite interesting uh, perspectives on that. I've heard it said that actually it's already it's already trained on so much content and it's absorbed, you know, like 10% of the content that's out there on the internet that they, it might have reached the the peak of actually how much training can be done and how much training is, is needed. And there's also some people that think it might actually have to be dialed back in some ways because Mm. there's starting to be issues around, like plagiarism. I know some people, you know, like artists have been suing certain companies, AI companies, because they think their work has been plagiarized on some level. I have some vagueness aware of that. I've seen headlines and articles. I don't know how how correct that is. Um, And so some people think because of that, like because there are some legal issues starting to occur, that actually it might be that we see new limitations on... On things like chat, chat GPT or not. I mean, I know like Jasper.ai, for example, I think mm-hmm. has built in um, kind of anti-plagiarism tools. And I'm, I'm sure I'm sure this is something that developers are keeping in mind. But it's, it's an interesting idea that it might be that, you know, we do have new kind of laws and things that actually restrain the technology a little bit. Um, but it's really hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> no, yeah. Nobody knows. Well, if we're just looking back in the last year, has anything surprised you about it? I mean, it, like I said, when I first tried out the, the the new whatever it was, I can't remember if it was like 2, 2.0. Yeah, I was surprised at how well it could write. Yeah, how coherently it could write. Um, okay. It, it was just very impressive. And then I can't, I can't say I've been surprised anything else like it's not surprising that it's becoming more popular and that people are talking about it a lot if actually the only thing that really surprised me was that content writers and copywriters seem to be the ones like driving the hype you know (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think everyone wants to be like on the on the cutting edge you know but i i my position has always been like okay like this thing could potentially be a, a threat to our jobs like you know, shut up about it. it. I mean, you can't, nothing we can do can stop that. So maybe there's no point in, in shutting up about it. But I, I, like I said, I feel sorry for the people who are kind of the, the, at the bottom end of that, mm. the, the kind of uh, content writing world who are, who are losing out to this stuff. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I think we're, we're all in it together. So it kind of surprised me to see so many writers pushing it. But, you know, I guess a lot of people probably quite rightly they're excited about it as a, as a tool they get to use as well and they're excited about it as a means to shortcut their processes and okay. you know that's that's fair enough as well i can tell you that i am not one of those people that pushes because <laughs> i i find the whole prospect to be a little bit terrifying but at the same at the same time you also have to like i i'm very aware of the what's it called the photoshop story where we were so terrified or photo photographers were so terrified that photoshop and also digital cameras were going to ruin the um art form as it was when really it, they just adapted alongside of it and photographers are still around cameras are still around and everyone's okay um 
But at, when it first came out, everyone was terrified that it was going, it was signaling the end of this art form. So hopefully it's like that, where um, it's just something that we incorporate into our, um, into our work and that's that. But there's a part of me that thinks um, doomsday. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think doomsday just yet, but I mean I, I think it's an opportunity for, for for copywriters and content writers to 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 kind of brush up on their strategic skills. Yeah. Um. You know, because even in the world of written content, I I still see a lot of content that's that's very bad mm. actually. <laughs> um. You know, and I'm sure this has happened to you. Like, you go onto a, a blog where you want to find out about something, and you know, you're, you already know about this topic and you're searching for something that indicates that you know about this topic. Yeah. Like if I search for like best data analytics tool, yeah. I, don't need, I don't need the first paragraph to be telling me like what is a data analytics tool. Mm. If I'm searching for it, I, I know what it is already. Yeah. That is, that's, you know, that's kind of a strategic decision right like it's not just about how we how we're going to say this content it's like what we're actually going to say and actually aligning what we say with the, the 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 sophistication of the audience and it's surprising how many companies still get that really badly, <laughs> really badly. so i think you know there's a there's a an opportunity here for a lot of content creators and agencies and writers to actually start thinking about things more strategically okay. and and get themselves an edge in that way. Okay. Do you think that that's going to be part of the evolution of the content writer's job? I mean, yeah, maybe maybe content writer becomes a more strategic role, yeah. um, which I think it's you know it almost should be really because, and and perhaps perhaps content writers kind of do ourselves a bit of disservice by just describing ourselves as writers mm. because you know re- really to write a good piece of content you have to understand where it fits into the customer's journey you have to understand right. why they're reading it how it can help them move to the next stage of the funnel and a lot of that isn't just about nice words a lot of that is about actually crafting a, a journey yeah. and i think yeah and i think if you can understand that you know that makes you a better writer so i think may, maybe that's the way that the role will go is that we'll all will move to becoming towards becoming kind of content strategies strategists and maybe the lines between content writing and content strategy will become a bit more blurred in the future yeah okay and i think you know i'm sorry if i'm kind of blabbing on but uh (laughs) but i think um that might be what happens because if everyone can create content more easily there's going to be a lot more content and again to stand out and to win, you will need to be more strategic. I personally think that it's that plus it's always this this idea of proving ourselves that we're we've got something more to offer than this AI technology. And what you're saying is it's the element of being human, like it's understanding the next steps or anticipating what a human wants and what a human needs. Well, I mean, the problem is, from my perspective, is that a lot of people that hire content writers and copywriters actually don't really understand what they do. And they don't really understand, like, what good writing is. Because a lot of good writing is sort of hidden, really. It's mm. it's subtle. Like, you'll, you'll know when you see terrible writing, but you when you read 
very good writing you're not really aware that you're reading it you're just you take in what it's saying and it flows very easily so and you know when it comes to copywriting that's really marketing focused and already kind of direct response focus you know there's a lot of there's a lot of psychology in there there's a lot of using emotion to sell mm-hmm. um and again it's some things that you're not going to see what the copywriter is doing really unless you are the intended audience because it's not going to kind of push the same emotional buttons for you okay and i actually think a lot of people who hire writers as i say don't really know this stuff which is why they can't really see the difference between on the surface between what uh, an ai tool is doing and what a human writer is doing it's just okay they both might write notes uh, words i can understand it all <laughs> oh, okay that's more or less the same thing it's like oh, it isn't really and it's funny i it's funny because anyone who's ever kind of worked as a freelance writer has kind of had this experience where like employers are very concerned about experience like it's like we know you can write but have you written about biscuits before (laughs) and it's like but have you specifically written about chocolate biscuits (laughs) they want this very specific niche experience yeah and then now with the ai thing it's almost like the opposite of that Hmm. it's like they just know that this tool can write they don't know (laughs) if it's helped anyone sell chocolate biscuits before it's just purely going on how they perceive the the kind of writing skills there's almost this kind of reversal of of what people place importance on but you know i i I still think there's a important role for the human writer and I, i i still think you know if you're worried about it like keep doing good work and keep expanding your um skill set and mm. keep kind of moving into the areas where where uh you know the, the things that the, the ai can't do okay so are, is your suggestion to writers out there to specialize or did i just simplify that too much yeah absolutely to, to to specialize um i think is a good is a good i mean in a way maybe it's better to move away from content and towards kind of marketing uh, copy mm, okay but, I do also think, you know, there's definitely scope to move into content strategy. And I do think there's a lot of scope to do like research driven content. Like I think research driven copy and content is is already becoming increasingly important. Um, You know, especially in industries where there's a lot of like self-service buying going on, like e-commerce and SaaS. Yeah. You know, the companies are really putting a lot of, effort into research now like we want to know what our ideal customer cares about what are their jobs to be done what are their pain points Mm -hmm. and like all that takes a lot of research and companies don't always have the time to or the resources to you know set up customer interviews and do all this research and Mm. um you know it's something that writers definitely and strategists definitely can get involved in and and that might become again what gets companies more of an edge in future what do you think we'll be saying about ai in a year from today (laughs) i mean i i still think the same thing trend will be going on it probably will be adopted in some way by more and more companies and more and more writers Mm. Uh, what I hope will happen is that it will become more integrated in tools. Oh. Like I would love to be able to just say to my computer, like send an email to this guy, 
saying this or just like send an invoice for this much money to this guy and the computer just does it without me having to click 50 things and type <laughs> and all that and i think that is where it will go it will get more involved in or like task automation and just removing the manual things that we do and and i think that would make all our lives easier so i hope that's where it goes yeah <laughs> um, in terms of writing, yeah, it's it's really hard to say. I think it could, we could be having the same conversation right now in a year from now where it's like, yeah, it's doing, it's sort of giving junior writers uh, issues getting work. But, you know, people who are more working on very sophisticated things in terms of tone of voice or sophisticated project products or very emotional selling mm. but certain types of writing that just do need the extra human expertise yeah i think that conversation probably could still be going on okay or who knows maybe not maybe uh maybe the gpt5 is gonna blow everything else away and there'll be flying cars and everything it's, it's to <laughs> okay um that was a what do you think i don't know i was about to say that was a very um risk averse uh prediction i i tend to um catastrophize everything so i think that it's when the next iteration is going to come out well with every iteration there's going to be more and more sophistication there's going to be more people whose jobs are at risk i think there might be a little bit of a artistic revolution <laughs> where artists are sought after for their originality and where it's going to almost become this marketable thing where it's like, oh, this is completely 100% human, like um, ChatGPT-free products or ChatGPT-free content. And so there would be a premium yeah. on human-written content, well-written human-written content. You could be right. You could be right. I mean, and I, I also think there is a possibility you know, again, maybe this is more. This is more for like the freelance writers yeah. out there, or agency writers out there, than 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 kind of the marketing world. But it might be that this kind of wipes out all the junior writers who then would have gone to to sort of climb the ladder yeah. and become mid level, and then move on to high. So in a way, it might end up giving writers who are already more established. An advantage in the long run because the the, the junior competitors now <laughs> don't materialize. No. Um, yeah. So that that could be a thing as well. Yeah, it's hard to say at this point because it's such a young, well, relatively young thing that's going on that it could it could go in any direction. I mean, we all tend to look at um, Isaac Asimov and these like sci-fi writers who've like predicted this type of thing as like the end of the world. So I keep talking about it being the end of the world, but maybe I just need to dial that down a little bit, but maybe it's just like anything. It's just, it's testing, um, seeing where, yeah, testing things out in the market, seeing where things are going right, pulling back a bit. I don't know. Maybe it's just going to be a little bit slower than I anticipate. <laughs> Well, I mean, who knows? Regarding regarding what you're talking about, the the end of the world stuff. I don't know. I mean, it is it is interesting that I mean, I know Elon Musk has been trying to kind of create some kind of uh, like council or government to kind of put some limitations yeah. on AI because, um, you know, they, we don't know how fast it's going to evolve, evolve and and what the possibilities are. And I mean, that seems sensible to me. Yeah. <laughs> It does, it does seem sensible to me and there's so much money going into this and it, it's starting to be integrated into 
so many different things. And I think like if someone if someone like him actually is is concerned about what it could do, then I, then I think you know it probably is something mm, to pay attention yeah. to. But I don't think there's anything you or I can can do about that. You know, let's just <laughs> let's just let's just focus on our jobs and doing yeah. the work and leave the World War Three stuff to to the people who are actually who can do something about that. This is true. Is there anything <laughs> else you want to add to the conversation? Yeah, I mean, I guess I've probably come off as quite negative about about ChatGPT and AI. Um, I should say that, you know, actually it is really impressive and that there are good things you can do with it. Mm-hmm. For example, um, you know, it is quite good at coming up with one-liners. You know, if you ask it to write you 10 headlines, yeah. it can write 10 headlines in a couple of seconds and some of them will be good. Again, it depends what you tell it to write. Mm-hmm. I do find that it does tend to be a little bit like cheesy sometimes yeah. and a little bit, a little bit overly businessy, but it still can come up with good headlines. And I know, I know companies have had good luck with you know, using them as their ad headlines and they performed well or they performed better than human written headlines in, mm. uh, sometimes. So it's definitely something that it can be used for for one-liners. Yeah. Um, you can use it for it, – it's good for getting a structure of an article. Hey, yeah. I want to write an article about this. Give me an outline. I agree. Again, I think as content writers, you still have to look at that critically and say, okay – this is a starting point. I want to write better content than everyone else on page one of Google. Let me go and see what everyone else is doing and see if that gives me more inspiration. But it, it can give you a good starting point. Um, it can be good for creative analogies as well. Mm. Like if you're trying to write something a little bit creative and a little bit fun, which I mean, you don't necessarily do that a lot if you're in B2B, but sometimes you, you, you might need to for whatever reason. I've done that. Like I did it the other day and I was like, hey, give, give me 10 creative ways to say uh, like musical analogies okay. for X. Okay. And I, I didn't use like any of them, any of the actual lines it produced, but they gave me ideas that I probably might, I would have, it would have taken me a long time to come up with on my own. Okay. <laughs> um, and I, I think I did another one, like give me an analogy involving animals. Mm. And it was like analogies to do something quickly. And I ended up using a, the, a, the line that was something like, uh, you know, people will stop reading your content faster than a wet cat jumps out of a bath. <laughs> <laughs> so Something like that, you know, like, like, like com- comical kind of analogies. And, um, you know, actually, uh, GPT helped me with that. I had to kind of refine what it said, but it, it sparked a couple of ideas that uh, I, I might not have had or it would have taken me a lot of the brainstorming to to come up with. So I do think it's got some – that's another good application. Okay. I do also think you can, you can use it to proofread your copy. Like, again, it's probably not going to be quite as good as a professional editor, yeah. but it might get you – 70% of the way there, you know, and very quickly and for free. So mm. in that sense, it's a, it's a good tool for a writer. I don't know about you, but I find like if I'm working on a, a, something the whole day, by the end of the day, I'm kind of blind to it and I, I can't see oh, my totally, own mistakes. Totally. You know? Yeah. So that's where it can be helpful. Like, hey, chat GPT, like proofread this for me. Okay. And um, it can do that pretty well. 
So, you know, while I've been a bit down on it, <laughs> I do actually think it, it, it can be helpful. Um, I just find, like it's, like, it's like people say, you do have to give it good prompts. I was using it to create a case study recently because I do case studies for B2B clients sometimes. Okay. And, you know, again, very sophisticated topic. It's about software development. And I'm finding it can write a good, you know, if I tell it to write a section on this, it can do it. But I have to really write all the points out I want yeah. one by one. Mm-hmm. Then I have to let it do its first version. Then I have to say, okay, but can you change this? And can you change this? And then sometimes I think, well, by the time I've done that, and I've, I've, I've given it feedback and I've got it to do again and again. And then I've edited it myself. I could have just written the thing myself <laughs> in roughly the same time. So I think it can save a bit of time. It might be able to save you like 20% of, t- of your time. Okay. But I, I think the one thing it does save is a bit of brain power. <laughs> because because you know what it's like. If you're working really hard on, on writing something for hours, yeah. it's very mentally tiring. And it uses a lot of energy, you know? And so I think even though it might not save you that much time, like I say, maybe it'll save you 20% that you can then use on your strategy side of things. True. But at least you're, you've got a bit more mental energy left yeah. by the end of it. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's just like it's going to stop writers having headaches. This is, yeah, I would, I would take that. <laughs> yeah, I think I also say, can you give me 10 ideas for this? And it's sort of what evolves is sort of like a mashup of all the things it um, suggested, which I think obviously can be quite helpful, especially if you don't have like a writing team with you and you just need something really, really quick. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if like I do a lot of B2B writing, I wonder if it could be more helpful in B2C actually, where you might in some industries, you're trying to be a bit more creative, a bit more personal, a bit more emotional, um, which we don't do so much of in B2B because we're often trying to appeal to these kind of broad international audiences who are trying to solve logistical problems rather than personal problems. So maybe we're not as kind of creative and personal as we might be. But I I wonder if, you know, in e-commerce, it's for some products, it could be a lot more. Yeah, it could be a give you that kind of creative edge brainstorm faster brainstorming edge yeah you might you might need yeah good point anyway john thank you so much for stopping by and answering my chat gpt questions thanks for having me it's been it's been interesting yeah i think so and uh yeah and let's hope we still have uh, we still have jobs <laughs> oh God, that's so i think we will yeah. I, I think we will stay stay calm you'll be fine